You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. David Lundy is a science fiction poet. He's the author of Instead. He's here at SFNSF. Thank you for joining me, David. You're welcome. Glad to be here. David, as I was hearing your poetry, it struck me that what interested me a lot was that science fiction literature is distinctly different from mainstream literature. You hear science fiction and you hear mainstream literature, ne'er the twain shall meet. Uh, on the other hand, as I was listening to your poetry, it seemed like a lot of your science fiction poems, purely science fictional themes, would fit well in a mainstream poetry collection. Well, I, I think they do, yeah. And, and a lot of the poems I write are so almost in between somewhere, you know, because I write mainstream poems that have a lot of elements of fantastic things in them, and vice versa. You know, I write, when I write science fiction poems, I try to make them as human and real as I can, you know, and really make it, you know, n- not far out um, bizarre things that are hard to imagine, but, you know, and I try to grow, as ground it with real human experience that, that we all can relate to. You know. uh, I really enjoyed the the tribute poem with the with the titles of the science famous science fiction works that was actually the only one that i thought was more science pretty much a, a, a unique science fiction experiment yeah i mean that one is definitely for a science fiction audience because a mainstream people wouldn't make a thing of it you know but, but it's made up of titles of poem of stories and novels from and movies all science fiction pieces you know and, and dating some of them dating from back in the 30s so, you know now, could you tell me a little, uh, where do you find uh, places to, to publish this? And, and tell us a little bit about your, your writing process. Uh, when you sit down to write a science fiction poem, do you imagine the world beforehand, or do you just start out with the language? Um, well, let me, let me deal with the first part of that. <laughs> I've, been pu- I've, I've been publishing uh, my poem in science fiction magazines for you know a very long time i published in new worlds magazine some of the first ones way back in the in the 60s and uh i've paid i've been a con- regular contributor to asimov science fiction magazine for 25 years you know and i've published aboriginal science fiction and uh the, some of the online ones now like strange horizons you know, uh, there's lots of places to publish it uh, so, so tell us a little bit about your process now. The process, um, this is one of those questions that's almost impossible because you, <laughs> you get anything can trigger a poem, you know, and, it, and, and you, the, it, well, if you take the poems in, the, in that Blues for Port City group where they're trying to tell a story of a time and place in the future, that is much more of a, of a plotted out you know, organized kind of effort where you, you know, because you you have a concept to work with to begin with, a framework to put the poems in. And what I decided to do was tell the story through the characters that lived in this thing, have them do dramatic monologues about themselves, you know. And that was cool. And I also did a, something like translated um, tra- French poems by Verlaine and um, Baudelaire into 22nd century terms, you know, and <laughs> turned them into science fiction poems, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, 
uh, now you've done a, uh, some translation. Uh, has does the translation inform your use of language? I don't know. Uh, it certainly broadens your understanding of poems in poetry in general. I translate. I only translate poetry. From and I've done it from French and Spanish and Italian and Chinese, and you know. And but doing that, you really have to pay attention to language and how it works and the, how the different languages work, you know, and the, and what kind of effects uh, are different from one language to another, and what you can do in one language that you can't do in another one. And for instance, you can Chinese is written in tone patterns. We don't have tones in our language, so you can't translate that, you know. So you have to find some way of making up for it by doing something else in the English version, you know. Um, that's helping you at all. <laughs> no, it, it, it's fascinating. I never really thought of the, the, the problems inherent in trying to translate poetry. Um, Chinese is, is not, I mean, I can understand translating French, German, I mean, but Chinese is a, is a challenge. When, where did you pick up that language? Well, I don't know Chinese. I work with Chinese scholars on it, and they... Um, give me literal word-for-word character translations, and then they give me commentaries on the poem and on the author and that sort of thing, you know, and so that I have uh, material to work with on it and interpreting it. But, but it's extremely difficult. Uh, in Chinese, they, there is no tense on the verbs. Everything is just the same tense, you know. Things are. But so you have to tell from context whether it's past or future or what it is, and there's no number on nouns. You can't tell if it's one tree or a, ten trees or one house, you know, ten houses. You, know, you can't tell. So you can only tell by the context to do it. <laughs> so it's really hard, you know. I imagine that uh, some of your translation work uh, helps inform the way maybe you create alien cultures. I don't know. I mean, I, I started writing science fiction poetry long before I translated Chinese anyway, but I, I had translated French before that. And it may, it's possible that it, that it has some influence on that because there is a, that an element of the alien when you're working with another language like that. Um, but translating, it, translating is the best way I can think of to really learn about another culture and about the kind of poetry written in, in that language. You know. What made you decide to write science fiction poetry from the beginning? This doesn't seem like a growth industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it, it has grown. There are an awful lot more science fiction poets now than there used to be, and there's a lot more places for them to publish than there used to be, too. Not, But there's no money in it, of course. Nobody pays you for these things. But um, I... Uh, when I went to uh, the University of Iowa Writers Workshop, I put myself through that place by working for Dr. Van Allen in the physics and astronomy department of, uh, there. And I uh, was in charge of the inking section, uh, making charts and graphs of data from the first American satellites, all of which were built by grad students at the University of Iowa. And, and so that was really cool. And Kurt Vonnegut came and taught there while I was there. And I babysat his kids you know, and, uh, and hung out with Kurt. <laughs> so, and, I, and I loved his Sirens of Titan. And I thought it was a wonderful science fiction book. And I was really mad when he stopped writing science fiction. You know, but 
we've been speaking with David Lundy. His new book is Instead, and um, have another collection coming out in the fall called Breaking the Willow, another Chinese translations. Thank you for joining me, David. Thank you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs>